Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show, as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can also save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support Rebel News without spending a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. It almost sounds like a preposterous, albeit disturbing, fairy tale. Namely, did Justin Trudeau actually invite China to send members of its People's Liberation Army to Canada so that Chinese troops could do cold weather training at CFB Petawawa in Ontario? Oh, it's no fairy tale, folks. It's true. And we have the paperwork to prove it. Ezra Levent will drop by to explain all. And it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Well, not really, at least not in the People's Democratic Republic of Manitoba. That's because Mad King Brian Pallister has imposed strict lockdown measures on his entire province including the closure of anything he deems to be non-essential, like singing Christmas carols outside. Sheila Gunn-Reed has the scoop on the premier who would be Grinch. And letters, we get your letters, we get them every minute of every day. And you had plenty to say about my video regarding a truly peaceful protest outside Express Fitness in Toronto last Saturday, a gym that was shut down by the city last month for daring to open during Hogtown's gray zone lockdown. Yet, why was so much law enforcement, including the mounted unit, dispatched to this small peaceful protest when no crime was being committed? I have my theories. Those are your rebels, now let's round them up. These are top-secret documents showing how Justin Trudeau and his government are pressuring the Canadian Armed Forces to work closely with China's People's Liberation Army. These documents show that even after China kidnapped two Canadian citizens, Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor, Trudeau still insisted that our military maintain warm ties with China's military. Trudeau has made protecting the feelings of China's dictator Xi Jinping, a priority for our armed forces. Maybe that doesn't surprise you, but these documents also reveal 
that Trudeau has been sending Canadian troops to China to participate in that country's propaganda displays. And most incredible of all, Canada has been training Chinese military troops at our military colleges in Canada and unbelievably training Chinese soldiers at Canadian Forces Base Petawawa in how to wage cold weather warfare. Trudeau is literally training our enemies in how to kill us. And I'll prove it to you. You're watching The China Files on Rebel News. My name is Ezra Levant, and I'm a Canadian journalist and author. Full disclosure, I'm a skeptic of Justin Trudeau, Canada's Liberal Prime Minister. Last year, I wrote a book about him called The Libranos. This year, I wrote a book about him called China Virus, how Justin Trudeau's pro-communist ideology is putting Canadians in danger. But even I didn't know the half of it. I've never held a top-secret document in my hands before, uh, this one is marked secret in so many places. In some parts it says Canadian eyes only. Other parts are marked five eyes only. That's the name of our intelligence alliance amongst our closest allies. Canada plus the United States, the UK, Australia and New Zealand. I wonder what they're going to think of all this. The China files, as I call them, are 34 pages long. I didn't steal them or hack them nor were they leaked to me illegally. They were actually just given to me by Global Affairs Canada. That's the official name of the Foreign Affairs Department. You can see the entire document, all the files for yourself, at thechinafiles.com. I'm making the whole thing available to you and to any other reporters who want to report on this. Something tells me Trudeau's CBC state broadcaster is going to skip this one, don't you think? Uh, the documents are not blacked out as most secret documents are. Normally, you can't read the interesting parts, but not these. They're all just slightly grayed out, so you can still read them. In fact, if you assume that what's grayed out is the stuff they really don't want you to know, it makes the reading even more revealing because you see what they really think is sensitive. Well, folks, it almost sounds like a preposterous fairy tale or something plucked from the files of conspiracy culture. Namely, did Prime Minister Justin Trudeau really invite China's People's Liberation Army to send its troops for cold weather training at CFB Petawawa in Ontario? And did Trudeau really rage at the Canadian Armed Forces for cancelling the training after China kidnapped Canadian citizens Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig? Oh, you bet he did. And please note, this tale is not one being fueled by hearsay or rumor. Rather, it is just one of several stunning bombshell revelations found in our 34-page access to information document released by the Trudeau government to Rebel News. And so damning are the contents, I'm betting the Trudeau liberals right now wish this document never got out. And joining me now with more on what surely must be his scoop of a lifetime at Rebel News is the commander himself, Ezra Levent. You know, Ezra, it sounds so unbelievable, but then again, I keep thinking back to six years ago when Justin Trudeau, just before he became prime minister, remarked in Toronto that China is the basic kind of dictatorship that he admires. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, Trudeau makes these eruptions every once in a while. Um, you know, he says a gaffe, which 
of course, means he accidentally tells the truth. <laughs> and I think the grown-ups say, oh, he didn't really mean that, or that's just a little flourish, or he got carried away. But looking at these 34 pages, unredacted, redacted is the fancy word of saying blacked out. Normally you get a, a document, a secret document from the military, it's blacked out. They, and, and really there's very little useful that's shown because all the good stuff is blacked out. In this case, they only grayed it out, almost like they were using a highlighter. The, the reverse of blacking it out. In fact, they sort of showed you what they thought the interesting stuff was. So that's how we got these 34 pages of information from the military and foreign affairs. And, and, the, and what they show is that this Trudeau insanity of admiring China, China his favorite country, appeasing China, submitting to China, that's not just an affectation and it's not just him. That ideology has permeated throughout not only the government, but not only the elected uh, and appointed officials, but the permanent civil service. The people you see in these documents, and if folks want to read them for yourself, we've put them up on the internet at thechinafiles.com. Go through them yourself. These are lifetime, lifelong civil servants who are saying, they're in basically instructing the military, don't cancel any more joint exercises with China. If you talk to China about postponing or canceling anything, you have to run it by us first. When they wanted to cancel these winter warfare exercises, uh, Trudeau's bureaucrats said, um, you have to work with us on the wording of that so you don't hurt their feelings, so they don't <coughs> lose face. So it's not just Trudeau at the top. These aren't just some goofy eccentricity. This has permeated throughout the entire government, civil service, di diplomatic corps, and they're trying to force it on the military. Yeah. And you can imagine the idea of bringing six to eight Chinese spies, really. Like, who do you think that China would send over? Just some grunt, some GI? Yeah. China would be sending over six to eight spies. I don't know, with photographic memory, with... Uh, intelligence training. The idea that we would bring them to CFB Petawawa, a very important military base, yeah. and have them there on purpose. And, and they don't even have to hide the fact they're taking notes and taking pictures. They are being trained on purpose. They, they don't even have to be secretive about it. That one was canceled. That's what Trudeau was raging about against the army about. Even crazier, the 17 other exchanges that have not been canceled. In this 34-page document, again, I encourage people to go to thechinafiles.com, see it for yourself. The last two pages are a list of joint China-Canada military projects. There are 18 of them. Only one was canceled that we know about. We are still training Chinese one and two-star generals. We are still ch training Chinese colonels. We are sending our soldiers to China. I don't know exactly what they're doing in China, if they're teaching or learning, but obviously they're being spied on. They're being put in situations where they could be compromised with a honey trap, perhaps. You got young, single guys from Canada, far away from home, lonely. Oh, isn't that there's a lovely People's Liberation Army uh, co-ed cadet there who wants to go drinking with me. And before you know it, you're trapped in a honey trap, as they say in the spycraft trade. So all of this is a bad idea. We know that there is a common sense to having some lines of communication open with your enemy. We know that during the Cold War, there was the 
hotline between Moscow and Washington, sort of that red phone where uh, the American president could talk directly to the Russian um, dictator just to make sure there was no miscommunication. That was yeah. an important, I, I believe in that. I believe that people should know who the other side is just so there's no miscommunication. That's very wise. But why are we training Chinese troops in winter for warfare tactics? There's nothing de-escalating there. That gives away our, our knowledge that will be used only for bad purposes. If not to attack us, God forbid, or the Americans, God forbid, to attack India. They're yeah. fighting India in the Himalayas right now. To attack the Tibetans in Tibet, the Uyghurs in Xinjiang. Um, why on earth would we give this knowledge, this training to Chinese spies on purpose? And when the chief of defense staff said, we've got to cancel this, oh my God, did Trudeau and the whole government say, how dare you? You're not allowed to make those decisions, any degrading of relationships. You must run by us first. You can't let the Chinese lose face. It's unbelievable. And this is, of course, while the two Michaels are still in captivity. And, of course, we have to look to our greatest ally, our biggest trading partner, namely the United States of America, Ezra. I can't imagine uh, this was going down well at the Department of Defense there. Well, <clears throat> that's right. And, in fact, that is made reference to in these notes because um, the Trudeau side is demanding from the military, why did you cancel this? What's your justification? Yeah. And so you can see the back and forth. And it said, well, there's the knowledge transfer, and it's making our allies nervous. So then the Trudeau side said, well, who was it? Was it just the United States and the Trump administration, or was it our other five, ally, five eyes allies? Five eyes yeah. is what they call uh, sort of like the, the best friends of the allies. It's the United States, Canada, the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. The Five Eyes, that's sort of like our closest allies, even closer than France or Germany or Italy. It's like an inner sanctum. So we share things amongst the Five Eyes. And Trudeau was saying, I demand to know, who was it who objected? Was it just the Trump administration or other? So, it, so there's an undertone there of whatever Trump wants, do the opposite, unless the Aussies or the Kiwis or the Brits want it too. So lots of pro-China ideology, a fair helping of anti-American ideology. Like they specifically demand, was this the Americans? Like they're almost saying, who made you cancel this? <laughs> and there's one more thing that I just want to note. I read these 34 pages pretty carefully. And the official language used by Global Affairs Canada, that's the foreign department, when they would talk about the problems we have with China, remember how it started. Canada arrested Meng Wanzhou, the billionaire chief financial officer of right. um, Huawei yep. when she was transiting through Vancouver and were in the process of extraditing her to the United States. So that led to almost immediate hostage taking by China of two Canadians, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig. In fact, I think today's the two year anniversary of that, or maybe yesterday was. Um, so that's the backdrop yep. here. But the two Michaels aren't being held in a mansion. No, right? no. They're, <laughs> yeah, it's abs and they're not being held in a lawful way. Yeah. And it was it, there's a big difference between due process in a democracy like Canada and hostage taking and kidnapping in China. Yeah. What I'm saying is how these bureaucrats describe it. They say, Miss Meng Wanzhou, Miss Meng, always very polite, and Miss Meng this and Miss Meng that. But they won't even use the names Michael Kovrig or Michael Spavor. They say the two consular cases. Oh. 
You won't even say they're in jail. You won't even say they were kidnapped or hostage. You won't even say their names. You say, Miss Meng Wanzhou and the two consular cases. What is your problem? What is your malfunction? You won't even say their names. And you claim that their repatriation is your top priority and you can't even say their names? Are we talking to China's civil service here or, or Canada's? It, it, it's astonishing, Ezra. And I, I want to go back to the documents themselves because I personally find this interesting from a journalistic perspective. We do all kinds of freedom of information mm -hmm. requests. Sometimes you get pages. I'm not kidding, folks. The entire page is black, mm -hmm. right? These are grayed out. Um, so I'm just wondering, was this incompetence on behalf of the bureaucrats sending it to us? Was this a working copy that was meant to be blacked out later? Or was there somebody on the other side, Ezra, that was doing us a favor? Because this was a gift. We finally got to see in an uncensored fashion how this case, uh, you know, how, how this uh, project of having Chinese troops come to Canada was being entertained. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I have... Uh two friends who used to work in the government of Canada who would handle access to information documents, they think this was an error. Okay. I have another friend who um, uh, is familiar with diplomatic matters. He says it was possibly a deliberate leak of information, mm. someone on the inside who was upset. I tend to think it was just a mistake. Okay. Um, and because it's clear that that this was a work in progress. Yes. They were sort of circulating this access to information and everyone was, like they would send it to this person, he would black out these, they would send it. So it was sort of the work in progress where everyone, they probably sent this around to five different officials. Everyone was showing, well, I would black out this, I would black out that. Because you could see the different layers of being blacked out. And so it, would pro it was probably supposed to go back to a final person who would flip the switch on all these things and that missed that last step. I'm guessing, because I've never worked inside access information myself, we file literally thousands of access to information yes. requests. It's a full-time project for us. We get back, as you say, very little of use. Yep. They're almost always blacked out. They are always delayed. We have waited as much as three years yes. for a basic document. Jeez. Um, but you know what? We finally got one that mattered, and hopefully will change the course of Canada-China relations Justin Trudeau has been exposed as someone who defends China, abuses America, and literally wanted to train our enemies. Ezra, it's the story of the year as far as I'm concerned. I mean, what an incredible piece you did. And, you know, folks, if you want to see more, please go to thechinafiles.com. And, hey, Prime Minister Trudeau, I just have a question for you. As Ezra said, you're accommodating China, but flipping the metaphorical bird to the United States of America. Whose side are you on? Keep it here, more Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Jake, you have received a nearly $1,300 COVID fine um, because you were singing carols in a park and, and Christian hymns. Um, you sent me the footage and it looks like everybody is standing apart from each other. It looks like it's families and then there's space and then more families. Um, but there's more to the story. Initially, you tried to go to a first park, but the police had the park blocked off. This is crazy to me. Yeah, like we had planned this uh, like four days prior to that. Uh, and so they, uh, I guess over Facebook or somehow they heard about it and uh so they 
the day before in the evening we checked if the park was blocked off and it wasn't and uh, the morning we drove up there uh they they had barricaded the parking lot and uh there was a cop waiting outside the just parked on the side of the road there waiting to see uh one of the guys stopped and talked to him for a while and said whoever was was going to get a fine if if we uh went in there so we just decided to go to the other park where we had originally planned it but there was no parking there so everybody had to park on the street now this happened on a sunday because another thing that seems absolutely crazy to me church services are closed in manitoba so if you want to go and worship with your brothers and sisters in christ you i guess have to do it standing in a park six feet apart but even that's not allowed because as it turns out, you Monday morning, very next day, the police show up at your door. Am I right? Yeah, well, they, they called and they told me to come down to the office. And so what happens when you get there with the police? Uh, they had me sit down and wait for a bit. And then uh, they um, told me to come in and then they said that it wasn't their job to hand out these tickets but because the I forget what what group they said that was uh, supposed to be handling that they were way overwhelmed so they they were given the task to do this well it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas well not really at least not so much in the People's Democratic Republic of Manitoba. That's because Mad King Brian Pallister, a.k.a. Manitoba's conservative-in-name-only premier, has imposed strict lockdown measures on his entire province, including the closure of anything he deems to be non-essential, like singing Christmas carols outdoors. And according to Pallister, you're an idiot if you disagree with his lockdown edicts. And joining me now to discuss this recent bout of Premier Pallister's War on Fun, the Yuletide edition, is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing, Sheila? Hey, David. Thanks for having me on the show. Always a pleasure. So, Sheila, just when you thought the Grinch had a monopoly on the Christmas time bah humbug business, along comes Mr. Pallister. What do you make of his maddening and I would suggest useless edicts. They don't make any sense whatsoever. Um, With the gentleman that I've been helping, Jake Clausen, and as it turns out, Jake's not the only one that was fined that day. I've been manning the Manitoba Singing in a Park hotline in my little studio here night after night after night because Pallister has deployed the uh, long arm of the law on these folks that are simply just singing in a park. It's a park, so they're outside. Everybody has come separately in their vehicles. They stay with the people that they came separately with. So it's perfectly safe for them to all travel together in a car, maybe even sing in a car together, maybe even sing a Christmas carol in a car together. But the second they get out of the car and stand at least six feet away from other people in a public park. That apparently is a ticketable offense in Manitoba, $1,300 to these folks just before Christmas. Last night, David, I got off the phone with someone whose elderly parents 
and their elderly friend, they were issued $3,900 in fines for singing in a park. They're law-abiding people. They're immigrants to Canada. They've never been in trouble before. They don't want to make trouble. They just want to stand together and worship God with their friend. And apparently, that no matter how you try to do it, that's illegal in Pallister's Manitoba. You know, Sheila, here's what I don't understand, whether it's Premier Pallister in Manitoba or Premier Ford in Ontario. The narrative is, you know, if I had my way, uh, I'd open up the entire economy. I'm sure. pro-business, I'm pro-entrepreneur, I'm pro-jobs, blah, 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 blah. But as always, Sheila, as you know, um, they say we are beholden to the scientific advice. We are beholden to the medical advice. Sheila, how can it be that you're outdoors? That's the very definition of super ventilation. It's the wind, you're outdoors, you're spaced apart several meters, and that's a potential coronavirus hotspot, yet hermetically sealed Costco's and Walmart's where they're jamming the people into the gills, that's okay, no safety issue here. Where, what happened to the medical and scientific advice for the big box stores? David, it feels as though we're living in not a dictatorship, but a doctatorship <laughs> in that these medical officers of health, whose name we didn't know a year ago, now they are the people controlling absolutely every aspect of our lives. And most of it, as you point out, is completely nonsensical. None of it makes any sense. None of it applies. For example, with the uh, folks in Manitoba at uh, one of the churches there that Kian has covered, they can't. They couldn't at the time. Now it's changed. I think largely in part due to Kian's footage. I mean, sunlight truly is the best disinfectant yes. when you have the disease of government overreach. But they couldn't even have a socially distant uh, church service from their vehicles in a parking lot. They were broadcasting the way that they would broadcast, you know, like a drive-in movie. Everybody turns into the, tunes into the same radio frequency and then they listen to um, the church service over their radio. And it was a way for them to gather as a faith community, however, in a parking lot. That had the cops show up, the RCMP showed up, issuing tickets to the pastor, but you could go to a completely full Walmart parking lot, that's fine. Crammed Walmart parking lot, by the way. I mean, it's the Christmas season. Yep. That's perfectly safe. You can get out of your car, walk into the Walmart, perfectly safe. You could probably, I don't know if they sell them there, but you could probably even buy a, wall, a Bible in a Walmart, but you couldn't go and sit in your car and read one along with the broadcast on the radio. Oh, it's crazy. And by the way, I'm so glad, uh, Sheila, that you referenced our colleague Kean's uh, superb reports uh, from Manitoba where he showed the insanity of uh, going into some of the big box stores like Walmart there. Here's my question. Why did it take Kean and our great cameraman Mocha to fly in there on a special mission to expose this? Where was the local... Manitoba mainstream media for dishing up these kind of exposés. It, it, it's like they decided to sit this out. Why? 
There's probably just one other journalist in Manitoba who is grinding against these lockdowns, and it's Marty Gold from the J.ca. He's pointed out that uh, they've locked down Christmas. They've locked down Hanukkah now. He's the only one. He's an independent journalist there. Um, but yeah, we had to fly in Kian. And I think the journalists, by and large, in Manitoba, and I think to some extent in Ontario, I mean, you have a, a bigger media landscape in Ontario, so you do have some outliers like Joe Warmington. Um, yes. But in our provinces, the media, they seem to be cheering for further lockdowns. So they aren't skeptical of all of this. For them, it makes perfect sense. They look at a, a Walmart that is, you know, that has Christmas roped off and they wonder, why don't you have housewares roped off too? They want to see more things penned off and more people piled into less square footage. And for them, that makes perfect sense because they don't care about the business impact on all of this. They're just selling fear porn every day in the pages of their newspapers that nobody reads anyway. You know, and, and Sheila, one last question before we wrap up. I think you're right. Uh, I think the media party has turned into the media mob egging on the authorities yep. and the governments to increase the lockdowns. Heck, it doesn't affect them. They're gainfully employed thanks to our tax dollars uh, for a large part. And we yep. saw a couple of weeks ago in Toronto what happened to Adam Skelly and the great Canadian barbecue rebellion. Uh, it was squashed. And, uh, the, you know, the, with the exception, like you said, of our friend Joe Warmington at the Toronto Sun, the media mob was cheering and egging on the government. So the government is going that route and the bureaucrats and the Department of Health and the media. Here's my last question. For the people of Manitoba, if you were to survey them, have a poll and say thumbs up or thumbs down on these lockdowns, how do you think the individual people in Manitoba would vote on Pallister's crusade? I think the longer it goes on, and the fewer results they see, more people are getting off the death cult gravy train. Um, it, it, it's like any death cult, right? If the comet doesn't come and you don't get on it, um, you start to get off, that yeah. you start to leave the cult. And the longer Manitoba's lockdown goes on, the longer Ontario's lockdown goes on, and yet they don't see the promised results of the lockdown, people are less inclined to go along with the sacrifices and that's what's happening here it, businesses and futures and livelihoods and personal accumulated wealth it's being sacrificed on the altar of the public health bureaucracy and people i mean there are always healthy skeptics of these sorts of things people who don't consume the mainstream media but even those who do um eventually there's going to be a reckoning they're not going to see the promised results and hopefully Hopefully, these politicians face some consequences for what they've done. Oh, I totally agree, Sheila. And in terms of results, uh, there are no positive results unless you include misery as being a, a result. And by the way, Mr. Pallister, Mr. Ford, none other than the World Health Organization says going the lockdown route is not the way to curb this virus. So who are you getting your advice from? Great report as always, uh, Sheila. Thanks for weighing in. Thanks, David. Have a great weekend. You too, my friend. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed, somewhere in the hinterland of northern Alberta. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup coming up right after this.
David Menzies for Rebel News here in Toronto. Well, folks, I'm standing in front of Express Fitness, the Scarborough location. And it was funny when Adam Skelly, the owner of Adamson Barbecue, was shut down on that very same day, uh, Express Fitness was opened in Scarborough. And uh, much like what Adam experienced, uh, the owner of uh, Express Fitness, Alex, well, law enforcement, bylaw, uh, they were dispatched very quickly. He was immediately shut down. And now the gym is padlocked shut. Actually, it's changed shut, if you can believe it. And so here we are with a group of people uh, that are opposed to the lockdowns and they are having a demonstration in front of Express Fitness. It's very odd though, everywhere you look, there are police cruisers, police SUVs. Um, there's even parking enforcement here. I don't know why, but the um, no one's going in the gym. They can't get into the gym. So we're just curious as this protest proceeds, are they here to write up tickets perhaps for those in an outdoor gathering of more than 10. So we'll see what happens and in the meantime I'm going to wander into the crowd and just find out what it is that's bringing people out here today. We're actually here to do the police's job for them as you may or may not know police in this province at the very least but I think the whole country but definitely in this province in their oath it says that they're they're sworn to uphold the Constitution and the very first part of the Constitution as you know is the Charter of Rights and Freedoms so uh, that's what we're here about. This place is shut down for your health you know you're supposed to be able to go to it work out and that's you know that helps your immune system right it's supposed to help your immune system to fight off the virus and they're shutting it down. Why? Where's the evidence? Well, folks, this is incredible. We were tipped off by one of the demonstrators that the mounted unit was on standby. I didn't believe it at first because the gym is completely closed down. You can't get into it even if you wanted to. So where is the issue here? Where, where would the law breaking be uh, unless they're going to clamp down on peaceful protesters? But Lo and behold, here we are on a side street next to the gym and two units of the uh, the mounted unit are indeed on standby. I, it, I'm at, almost at a loss for words. John Torrey and Dr. Ellen Davila are truly doubling down, tripling down, sending a message to any business and for that matter, any group of protesters that if you cross any perceived line, you are going to be dealt with and dealt with harshly. This is an outrageous overreach, I think, uh, by the, the police, which of course are being directed, I believe, by Davila and Tory. Shameful. Well, that was the scene last Saturday at Express Fitness in East End Toronto. The gym is shuttered now after the owner tried to follow in the footsteps of Adam Skelly, the father of the great Canadian barbecue rebellion. But much like Adamson Barbecue, Express Fitness was also shut down for non-compliance with the Wuhan virus regulations. In Mayor Tory's Hogtown, if you want to barbecue, if you want barbecued grub or buy brisket or break a sweat, you best get yourself to a Walmart or a Costco to buy your meat there or purchase a treadmill because you see, 
The big box stores, well, folks, they're special. In any event, here's what you had to say about the ongoing clampdowns that don't seem to be doing anything tangible other than causing people a whole lot of grief. Mike Sharkey writes, so Toronto is completely crime-free now. All the criminals have been uh, tracked down and locked up. The cops have nothing better to do with their time? Yeah, it sure seems that way, Mark, but I bet you the vast majority of the cops hate these kinds of assignments. Imagine finding and arresting people just for trying to make a living. But if you have to blame anyone, blame the mayor and Premier Doug Ford. They're the ones behind making life miserable for so many people in the GTA. Dale McCluskey writes, the mounted unit is there to make certain your rights are trampled into the ground. You know, that's what happened at Adamson Barbecue two weeks ago. Thankfully, the horses weren't deployed to break up the express fitness protest, but why were they there in the first place? XSupra35 writes, all businesses open your doors now. You are essential and we need you now more than ever. I'd love to see that happen too, XSupra. If hundreds or even dozens of businesses opened up at the same time, what could be done about that? They can't lock down every business and imprison every business person. But for the time being, it looks like Mayor Tory's intimidation tactics are working. And Mike Mills writes, where is Sneaky Patrick? Oh, <laughs> as in Sneaky Patrick Brown, that lying liar who is the mayor of Brampton. I have no idea, Mike, but if I were a betting man, and I am, I'd say he's playing hockey with his buddies at some rink. Because remember, folks, one thing this pandemic has taught us is that it is one law for me and one law for thee. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.